Hi, listeners. I hope you're well. It's with equal sadness and excitement that I say I'm coming to you for the last time. I'm leaving Ed Surge to be a tech reporter at BuzzFeed News in San Francisco. You should come say hi sometime. You'll still be able to reach me on Twitter, at Blakers Dozen. And before I go, I wanted to say that I've learned so much about the EdTech community and about being a reporter in my time here. EdSurge has been vital to my growth, and the editorial team has entrusted me with a great deal of responsibility and freedom in the past year. For that, I am so grateful. And you, listeners, thank you for reading what I've written and for listening to me on the podcast. It means the world to me. And so in a mix-up of the normal order of things, I will be the guest on the show today. My esteemed colleague Michael Winters will be interviewing me about my time here at EdSurge, the EdTech industry, reporting, and EdTech in the classroom. Before my nostalgic goodbye, though, I'll bring you the news one more time. Are you a Remind user? If so, here's something you might be interested in. Activities, a new feature that allows schools to digitally collect funds and distribute tickets for field trips, fundraisers, and events. The San Francisco-based startup, which has raised $59.5 million, will take a 5% cut of all transactions. We interviewed CEO Brett Kopf about his plans to disrupt the permission slip. You can find more on edsearch.com. So what's the first lady's favorite EdTech tool? Today, it's likely ThinkZone Games, the grand prize winner of the Reach Higher Career App Challenge. In a YouTube video, Michelle Obama describes how ThinkZone's Hats and Ladders app caught her eye. Quote, their game-based app, Hats and Ladders, helps middle school and high school students explore a variety of careers through self-assessments, fun activities, and mini-challenges. It's a cool, exciting app that will open up a whole new world for our young people. Just as plants are pruned to support healthier lives, Treehouse, an online coding education startup, is trimming down. This week, it laid off 21% of its team. Quote, Every venture-funded company has to cross the chasm to profitability, and we decided the time was now, Treehouse CEO Ryan Carson wrote in an email to EdSurge. Daphne Collar has led Coursera from the early days of MOOCs, through the peak of their popularity and the subsequent disenchantment. Now the company's co-founder is moving on to healthcare. In a letter to Coursera employees, Collar said she's returning to her machine learning roots and joining Calico, a Google-funded company focused on slowing aging. Cloud computing is a fast-growing field and service providers like Microsoft and Amazon have been strategic in offering education discounts to young computer scientists. Now Google is launching its own education program for U.S. computer science faculty to apply for free credits for its cloud platform. But the question remains, can it catch up to competitors? Michelson Runway, a San Francisco-based accelerator focused on innovation in higher education, announced the five companies that will comprise its inaugural cohort. Participating startups range from student coaching tools to a talent recruiting platform for skilled trades. You can read more about the 2016 cohort on edsearch.com. And now it's time for ka
So we're not allowed to legally trade EdTech stocks. It'd be a conflict of interest in insider trading. But even if we could, they would not be a really wise bet. Ed Surge's Michael Winters compared how 11 companies have fared on the public market versus the S&P 500 over the last five years. The winner is clear, and your financial advisor probably isn't recommending EdTech stocks. Redshelf, which sells digital textbooks to college students, has raised a $4 million Series B round from Coniston Capital and existing investors, including the National Association of College Stores, TechCrunch reports. The Chicago-based company, founded in 2012, partners with roughly 500 educational bookstores to offer e-textbooks at discounted prices. He may have hung up his jersey, but Kobe Bryant is still taking shots. This week, the Black Mamba announced his own venture fund with partner Jeff Steibel. The most recent addition to their portfolio? VIP Kid, the English language learning startup that raised $100 million in August. Hi everyone, it's Michael Winters from EdSearch here back on the podcast uh, to wish Blake his final goodbye. This is a very bittersweet moment. Blake, I think maybe your first podcast we were on together. I know we have definitely stood in our podcast booth at least three or four times, mm-hmm. like sweating in the heat mm-hmm. um, together. <laughs> in our cardboard box. In our yep. cardboard box, yeah. Um, so it's uh, very sad to be back with you here at this one last time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do, I mean, I have I have some questions for you just about your time at EdSurge and your time at EdTech. And I think it's interesting because you're a, a reporter, you're a really curious mm-hmm. person, um, but you didn't have a lot of ed tech experience before Correct. you came here. I actually don't, you didn't have any, did you? I had the opposite of ed tech experience. Um, I had been working as a teacher at an American exchange program where they actively like prohibited technology. That's right. Um, the art history teacher used a slide projector. My students all hand wrote their papers. Yeah. Any slide rules? Uh... I don't think so. No, the math students had calculators. <laughs> well, anyway, so you're like me. You came into this knowing knowing nothing, and mm-hmm. now has it been a year, year and a half? Uh, yeah, a year. Okay, please. it's been a year, and now you know some. So I just, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, you know, what has been most surprising to you about ed tech in the past 12 months? Hmm. Um, let's see. Probably like the debates that rage like with normal tech you can kind of guesstimate which one is succeeding what works best um but with ed tech the debate like continually rages even even if something is studied by a university and it's set and they say this is this works pretty well for students people are still going to say well no i'm not going to use that or i'm not going to do this um based on a whole host of factors so it's like a pretty it's kind of a messy technical uh, arena. Why do you think that is? Um, I think because education involves so much of um, people becoming like emotionally attached to their role and like really identifying as whatever they are, like a teacher or an entrepreneur or a founder. They kind of get really attached to it, um, and in it becomes difficult to like uh, objectively evaluate data or objectively evaluate what works and what doesn't um, when so much of yourself is 
kind of tied up in it. Yeah. Um, Is that different from regular tech, you think? Like, entrepreneurs get pretty tied up in their own creations. Uh, yeah, I think tech. entrepreneurs get tied up in the idea of themselves, like being an entrepreneur, which is where you kind of end up with weird Silicon Valley culture and a TV show about how <laughs> ridiculous this place can be. Um, but I think like part of the founding principle of or founding things about technology is that you can objectively evaluate. Well, yeah, you can objectively evaluate what's going on. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's always the case in like a classroom. Um, people and. I don't know, I've seen a lot on Twitter of teachers like rejecting ideas because they're like, because they basically come down to absolute authority and say like, well, I know what works in my classroom, so I'm not gonna listen to what you say. And like, that's both a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Makes uh, for messy debates. <laughs> it's messy for sure. Um, what is the, what's the story or like line of questioning that you, uh, most wanted to follow in EdTech while you were here and, and that you didn't get to follow? So and I guess another way of another way of asking that question might be, what's the story you wanted to write but you oh, didn't get to write? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I grew up reading and watching like crime stories and that's, I've always wanted to write like a story about crime and like violence and strife. Um, <laughs> that's not really like a thing that happens super often in the EdTech sphere. Um so that's thankfully yeah I mean it's a thing it's like a thank debates get like I said the debates get kind of messy and angry but no one like resorts to violence um thankfully so but that would be a story that I would really love to write like the great crime of ed tech um yeah if anyone out there is planning an ed tech heist yeah be lucky that Blake if is no wants, longer working for it yeah if anyone wants to like tip me off about like ooh there is some crime that's going on um, wow. that'd be fascinating I did not know we had a potential crime reporter on our, on I our think staff so fa- I'm probably not very good at it because I haven't done it um, <laughs> but I want to know on, on the flip side of that coin Blake what is the story that you wrote here that you're most proud ooh, of that is a really good that's a really good question I was thinking about this yesterday when I was like updating my portfolio website mm-hmm. I guess there are a couple like I the story I wrote about like the educational games uh, kind of sub industry I thought I did some good reporting I was really interested in like delving into the history um, and then the parallels really like came together in a cool way and I mean speaking of crime I got to kind of unearth at least to myself this story of like the learning company merging into or kind of agglomerating into a bunch of different companies and then merging with Mattel and then the rapid like devaluation is like what is going on I was like a lot of drama and strife in that story which I loved <laughs> um, but it was also a really interesting story about and I unearthed this kind of um, feeling amongst a lot of educational games people who were like this is super similar to what once happened and we may be on the verge of a crash and I was like whoa cool um so I loved that I loved writing that story um I thought the review of both turn it in and write lab um I was really happy with how like I the style of that story um and how I felt like my voice came through um and as a former like English teacher I don't know if I qualify myself as a former teacher um but as a former person who taught writing it was really interesting to investigate and think oh well writing teachers are not totally obsolete um what was my favorite podcast um 
That's a tough one. I remember being really proud of like the one the interview I did with Dan Meyer because that was like one of the first ones I did, and the interview came out pretty well. And remind our audience who is Dan Meyer? Oh, Dan Meyer is a rather famous math teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what when you think about about Ed Surge and what, all the stuff that we're doing now? Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you think are, are, is something that we could be doing uh, better to help people who are uh, making decisions about ed tech, be they entrepreneurs or, or teachers or administrators or whoever? Those are, that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, help people make decisions. I was never, like, I've ne- I haven't been in the business of, like, helping people make decisions. It's really, like, getting there after the decisions are made and asking about why they made them. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, the most, like, the thing that I was have always been most interested in is, like, the journalism part of it. Um, and that's why I'm, like, moving to another journalism organization, not an education company. Um, so I didn't really get all that involved with, like, the education decision-making or the kind of deep in the education space endeavors in EdSurge, um, which could could have been to my detriment or to my um, success. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I can't say I know all that much about, or I can't say I feel qualified to give advice on that. Are you, uh, are you bullish or bearish? Are you optimistic or pessimistic about tech's effect in the classroom? Ooh, um, that's also a really good question. I mean, after reading your article about like the stock and like the complete, <laughs> like the complete Which underperformance. Everyone, all of our listeners should read. I agree. It was quite good. Um, And the analysis (laughs) was thorough. I mean, I was reading it. I was like, what? I don't really understand. I would definitely say I'm like a bear in that situation. Bear is like the negative one, right? Pessimist? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would definitely say I'm a bear because like all a lot of the people I talk to in EdTech kind of have this inner spark and like a deep-seated belief that it will have a positive effect um or is i'm not sure um could be both but like the as you profiled this week like the industry's not doing super well um and as i was talking about earlier like the debates are really messy and it's kind of a thing that no one has quite figured out yet like the procurement process is quite difficult and i guess looking at it from a business perspective that makes it a very difficult place for an actual business to flourish um and I guess I do think that like digital literacy and like students being able to use technology is pretty essential because otherwise they probably won't succeed in like college or their jobs because um, you have to use digital stuff all the time. Okay, so so skeptical on on ed tech business as a whole, but it seems like you you know acknowledge the importance of kids need to to be able to use technology yeah. effectively. Yeah. Um, on that. On that note, um, you get a lot of emails, you get a lot of pitches oh from, from companies or from schools or whoever. Um, I'm pretty bad at answering them. I'm pretty oh, bad at email. Over the, over the last year, um, what is, what is the, 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 the buzz, buzzword or, or catchphrase where you read that and you just roll your eyes and go, Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> this, is a, this is an amazing question. Um, the thing where I like trying, I mean, to, trying to bring all your all your snark and, and flair. Up yeah, on this I mean, podcast. whenever anyone says that they're transforming learning or revolutionizing learning, it's kind of like <laughs> that's a joke. Um, 
like I'm just no I'm not gonna read that afterwards <laughs> um and it comes in yeah anytime that anything is saying like what we're doing has completely changed everything you're like oh okay sure that's fine um <laughs> I'll leave you alone to do that by yourself. I'm not going <laughs> to write about it. Um, yeah. Last question, Blake. Um, what has been your, your most memorable or favorite experience here at EdSurge? Mm, memorable, favorite experience. Um, I mean, I remember... I remember, like, being scooped a couple times by, like, the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I, Tony told me in my, like, final... Tony, our, our managing editor. Yeah, our managing editor. He was, like, you... Or I someone also wrote about one of my articles that it was marketing hype um for a certain industry and i was and i was like incensed uh, and tony was telling me as you leave like maybe tone down on your response to the haters because um, <laughs> there will undoubtedly be more which is good advice um because this was like the first time i had ever encountered that and i kind of feel like i'm holding a grudge um and tony was like maybe don't maybe chill <laughs> Um, so that was pretty memorable. Um, other memorable things, favorite things, getting on, getting on stage in front of people who've been doing this for like multiple decades, um, and moderating panels or leading discussions with them when I had been doing this like less than, like in terms of months, um, probably like fewer months than they had years. Like that's pretty memorable in just like the terror of someone waiting for someone to ask you the question like what makes you qualified or like you don't know what you're talking about and then having to answer like yes I don't um <laughs> hopefully to anyone who's listening who saw me do that you don't think I'm like a complete buffoon but also pretty memorable also indicative of like the faith that EdSurge placed in me and was like you have a lot of freedom and responsibility we expect a lot of you um which is awesome it's something that like helped me grow and I feel like a much better like reporter and I don't know what the kind of name for being a moderator is or that type of skill. Um, like hosting those conversations, I feel much better at that. Um, yeah, and that was something that helped me grow a lot. Well, yeah. Blake, um, last year has been a lot of fun. I've loved working with you oh, and getting to know you. Thanks, Michael. Um, hanging out with you at, at weddings and, and running <laughs> into you at Halloween parties sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think you, you hit it. The the thing I'll, I'll always remember about you is that that summit, you know, we – someone wasn't able to come or somebody had to was sick or something it was sick that's right we needed a moderator last second and yeah you i had, didn't i didn't know what professional development was right but and this is like a month after you started and uh -huh. you said yeah i'll moderate that you, Why you not? hopped right up there and, and you did a great job <laughs> um so thank you for for everything at ed surge um, on behalf of all of us it's been a ton of fun i have a, I have a very very small gift oh for you oh my gosh here. chocolate from someone's desk I yeah saw i just earlier. stole it off of it looks Seth's desk on my way over here it looks delicious thank yeah. you yeah Thanks so much, and uh, I know we'll talk to you soon. Good luck at BuzzFeed. I hope so. Thanks, Michael. Well, that's all I've got for my final episode of Ed Surge on Air. Thanks for your support throughout this year, listeners. This is the Ed Surge Podcast. 